Good day and welcome to the NCSA Mental Health Devotions. My name is Nandi Fleming and I'll be your host for today's worship. Before we start, let us pray. Heavenly Father, my prayer today is that we will know the truth and the reality of life as you have laid it out in your word. And Lord, that no matter who comes our way and teaches us different truths or tries to change us into someone that we are not, Lord, that we will be grounded in you and that we can come to you to help us to redirect our lives and to help us to stay on course. Lord, bless us now as we learn about the mind and as we learn about the things of this world. Is my prayer in your name. Amen. I'd like to read for you for our verse today out of the book of John, chapter 8, verse 32. It says, And you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. The title for my talk is, Be Careful of Being Manipulated. So I never realized how important it was to know the truth, to be grounded in reality, and to be able to discern right from wrong. The reason why it's so important to be grounded in truth um, is because, unfortunately, in the world that we lived in, there are many people who have become liars and manipulators, truth benders, and very skillful in the art of persuasion and twisting words for their own benefit. So we need to be careful not to fall into this trap of being manipulated, into becoming somebody that you do not want to be because of this manipulation. So I want to talk to you today about something which is called gaslighting. Psychology calls this type of manipulation gaslighting. It's a form of psychological manipulation in which somebody sows seeds of doubt in your mind, making you question your own memory, your perception, or your judgment. Judgment. So the word gaslighting comes from an old movie, a movie where a husband purposefully misplaces objects in his house and blames it on his wife in order to convince her that she's losing her mind and that she should be sent to an insane asylum. He causes further doubt um, by lying about the flickering and dimming of the gas lights within their house. You see, the wife notices that the lights dim from time to time and sometimes flickers. And so she asks her husband why this is happening. And the reason that the lights are really dimming and flickering is because he sometimes goes into the attic of the house looking for valuables that he can sell. And when he turns on the lights in the attic, the rest of the house's lights dim and sometimes flickers. But you see, he doesn't want her to know this and he doesn't want her to realize what he's up to. So he lies to her and he tells her that it's her imagination, that the lights are not flickering and that the lights are not dimming. But this is an obvious lie. He's trying to manipulate her into believing that she is insane and that she's imagining things. So he lies and manipulates and he makes her doubt her own reality in order for her to be committed to this insane asylum. So he makes her doubt her memory, her perception and her reality and even her own judgment about the things that are happening. He tells her that it's all in her mind. And this is where the term gaslighting came from, to describe this form of manipulation. Now, I need to mention a note that this example is an example of intentional manipulation, gaslighting. However, gaslighting can be done unintentionally um, or not knowingly. <clears throat> unintentional manipulation happens because a person feels that it is unnecessary for their own well-being to control you. They may not even be aware of the fact that they're gaslighting you. On the other hand, gaslighting can be done purposefully and maliciously in order to cause harm and destroy another person's mental well-being for your own benefit. So for most of you, if you have come across a situation where you have been manipulated, it would probably be because somebody has unknowingly 
manipulated you, unknowingly gaslighted you without even realizing that they're doing it as a form of necessity in surviving or making life work for themselves. So there is a disclaimer to my talk today. My approach in dealing with people who gaslight is not there to address um, the person who's doing the gaslighting or for you to get ammunition in order to nail them, if I could call it that. But my talk today is there to help you if you are a victim that is being manipulated. This talk is supposed to be used in order to help you so that you can come out whole on the other side. Remember that you cannot change a manipulator. You can't change other people, and even if you could, it would take years to do so. So the purpose of this talk is not to for you to get ammunition against the manipulator, but the purpose of this talk is to equip you, to equip yourself and to strengthen you so that you can be safe against the multitude of manipulators that are out there in the sinful world of ours. The second reason that I'm doing this talk is in order for you to check yourself, not other people, but yourself. If you have accidentally become a manipulator or a gaslighter, um, and if you have gaslighted someone else in your life, and sometimes we really do this unknowingly and with good intentions. Let me give you an example of this. When your children are small, they fall and they hurt their knees. They're bleeding and they start to cry, terribly crying. And so you say to your child, it's not that bad. It's not that painful. Don't cry. And unintentionally what you are doing is you're causing your child to doubt their reality. You're causing your child to question the own pain that they are feeling. You're causing them to doubt themselves. This is a minor example um, of how gaslighting can happen and it's sometimes done accidentally by us. But then there are worse cases, cases where gaslighting and manipulation has become a habit and where you, in, you now sort of do it over and over again and it actually starts to cause harm in a person's life because you are causing them to doubt themselves, their own reality and their own judgment. So I'd like to share with you the first time that I experienced a subtle underhanded manipulation in my life. It happened with my first serious boyfriend in college. You see, he declared his intention to be in a relationship with me long before we went to university together. And from the first day, my gut, my judgment told me, no, this guy and you is not going to work. And I rejected his numerous proposals only to find out that when we went to university, he persisted in trying to get me to be in a relationship with him. He befriended all my friends and somehow found himself in my social circles where eventually somehow he convinced my friends to even question my decision regarding not wanting to date him. They would say things like, but he's such a nice guy. And over time, his presence in my life and the consistent questioning of my friends regarding my decision not to date him eventually ended up causing me to doubt my own judgment. I really don't know how it happened. And this is key for this form of manipulation. It's underhanded. It's subtle. And sometimes the manipulator themselves don't even know that they're manipulating you. But somehow it gets you doubting. It gets you doubting your own realities and your own decisions, your own judgments, um, something that you probably would never have done. So thoughts started popping into my head. What if I was wrong? What if he is the guy for me? What if uh, my judgment isn't correct? I mean, there's no harm in finding out and giving us a shot. Boy, was I wrong. In retrospect, I must admit, though, that I was very lonely at that time and frustrated because up until the age of 21, I had not had a serious boyfriend or had been in any committed kind of relationship. And I was in a very vulnerable, desperate kind of place in my life. 
And one of the things that is key to being manipulated and gaslighted is that gaslighting happens to those who are vulnerable, those who are in need of connection and relationships. And one of the reasons that especially women and young children get manipulated is because they're trained to long and hunger for relationships and connections, a condition that makes them very vulnerable and open to being exploited because they fear losing something which potentially could be a good relationship. This was exactly where I was at. And so I went against my own better judgment and started dating this young man. We even got engaged and planned a life together. Now, the Bible warns us that the ability of people to fool and manipulate us is going to be a sign of the end of the age and that the world is soon going to end. Matthew 24, verse 3 to 5 reads, it says, And Jesus sat on the Mount of Olives. The disciples came to him in private. Tell us, when will all this be? They asked. And what will happen to show us that the time of your coming is at the end of the age? Jesus answered, Watch out and do not let anyone fool you. Many men claiming to speak for me will come and say, I am the Messiah, and they will fool many people. So some translations say, don't let anyone lead you astray, or trick you, or manipulate you into believing a lie. Now, this verse is specifically warning against spiritual deception, in other words, spiritual manipulation of truth, making you doubt your spiritual truths. However, as I look at the world today, I see that deception in all areas of life are increasing daily. And it's important to note that manipulation can take place not just in a spiritual context or romantic relationships, but in your work relationships or in your community. There are various places and ways in which people manipulate. So what is gaslighting? Just to reiterate, it's a form of psychological manipulation in which a person sows seeds of doubt in your mind, making you question your own memory, your perception or your judgment. In my relationship, I soon started to see the facts. Facts started to arise, confirming that our relationship wouldn't work, just as I had initially thought. Our temperaments were clashing. We didn't agree on many things, which to me were huge red flags and problems that needed to be sorted out and addressed before we said our I do's. These problems and issues I often brought to my fiancé and said to him that I wanted to talk about these things and sort out these problematic areas before we got married. He would often brush them aside, and he would just deny that any of those things were really problematic. He would say things like, it's going to be okay, it's not such a big deal, when deep down inside of me, my gut, my truth, my judgment told me that it was a big deal and it wouldn't just sort itself out. Um, he was very convincing, and for a time I even brushed aside my own concerns. I put aside my better judgment, while deep down inside my conscience kept bothering me. My judgment couldn't be ignored completely. Now, psychology outlines common phrases that use, that's used by gaslighters, sometimes knowingly, sometimes unknowingly. They'll say things like, you are too sensitive. Everything bothers you. You're making a big deal out of something that is small. These words are used to get you to back down and not to question what they are presenting as truth. Manipulation can also happen through more than words. Yes, you get the smooth talkers and the people who can twist words in such a clever way that you start to doubt your reality. But then there are more subtle methods of manipulation that most people don't pick up, like giving you a cold shoulder, using silent treatment or showing their disapproval through their body language or an ugly frown. 
these are very dangerous ways of manipulation because a person doesn't so easily detect these forms of manipulation. And people can deny their actions and say, I never did that. I, that, I didn't mean anything by my facial expression. These are more dangerous forms of manipulation. And sometimes people even create fear in you and manipulate you through yelling, shouting, swearing, and threats of physical harm. In my case, I didn't realize that I was being manipulated at the time because words were very few, but body language said plenty. All I know is that I never felt comfortable or completely happy for some reason. Something didn't sit right inside of me. Somehow he had managed to break down my better judgment and allowed me to put down my defenses. I recall after I finally ended the relationship, I said to him, I didn't like who I had become while I was with you. You were constantly trying to change me. His reply to me was that I never asked you to change. I never told you to change. And this was true. His words never did, but his actions and his responses and his body language constantly spoke of disapproval. And so against my better judgment, I changed a lot of who I was into somebody that I was not. There's a biblical example of a person who was manipulated. The very first person that experienced manipulation or gaslighting, if I could call it that, was Eve in the Garden of Eden. And we can really learn from her experience. Genesis 3 verse 1 to onwards says, Now the serpent was more crafty than any other beast of the field. Do you hear that word? Crafty. That the Lord God had made. He said to the woman, Did God actually say you should not eat of any of the trees in the garden? You see, what Satan is doing here is he's making Eve doubt. He was very crafty. He was sly with his words. He said, did God say you shouldn't eat of any of the trees? He twists truth. He adds half-truths in. And you see, Eve starts to reason. She tries to defend her reality as most of us do when we are being manipulated. It says in the next verse, it says, And the woman said to the serpent, We may eat of the fruit of the trees in the garden. But God said, you shall not eat of the fruit of the tree that is in the middle of the garden, neither will you touch it, lest you die. So in other words, what she's doing is she's trying to reason with his, her manipulator, trying to give him an answer, trying to find the truth amidst whatever he is saying. But then Satan goes ahead and just like any manipulator, he sows seeds of doubt in her mind. It says, but the serpent said to the woman, you will not surely die, for God knows when you eat of, your, of it, your eyes will be opened and you will be like God, go knowing good and evil. So what is Satan saying? First he says to her, did God really say this? He's trying to make her doubt her memory and her truth. And then he brings lies and half-truths to cause confusion in her, to help her to doubt her own reasoning and her own um, ability to, to know what's right and wrong. And he says to her, you will not die. And he even brings something extra into her life. He says to her, there's a new reality that you can believe in. There's something better if you let go of your own truths that I can offer you. And so for most victims of gaslighting, they don't even realize what's happening until it's too late. Their intentions in listening and reasoning to the manipulator is usually good. And Eve did what she thought was best. But she was manipulated to go against her own better judgment and her moral beliefs. And because she doubted her own truth, her own knowledge, her own memory about what is real, a new reality was presented to her. You can be like God if you let go of your truth. And she complied because it made sense to her at the time. And we know what the results of that was. And so we need to be careful. We can learn from Eve that simply letting go of our own reason and our own truth can be extremely dangerous. We see that the entire world was cast into sin because of Eve being manipulated. 
Second Corinthians 11 verse 3 warns, it says, But I am afraid that as the serpent deceived Eve by his cunning, your thoughts will be led astray from a sincere and pure devotion to Christ. And so over here, Paul is writing to the church in Corinth and he's saying to them, guys, be careful because sometimes you can be led astray by somebody's cunning because you have good intentions. And so a lot of times when we are deceived, it's not because we're bad people. It's because we have a pure intention. We're really trying to make life work. But in the end, we are not grounded in truth. And so we are manipulated. In the world that we live in, we need to be extra careful because even spiritual deception is at an all-time high right now. People are particularly vulnerable and needy during this COVID pandemic. We are alone. We are isolated in search of truth and belonging. And as said before, gas lighters tend to exploit people who are sensitive and who have a desire to belong. So, because I don't want to lose a relationship, I'm going to end up trying my best to understand and to reason through the manipulator's reality or his or her truth. We're going to try and make sense of it. But how do you make sense of a lie, of half-truths? How do you make sense of a situation that goes against your better judgment? And so there will always be a sense of discomfort inside of you, as long as you comply with the reality of the manipulator and you do not follow what is inside of you, the truth that you know. Be careful of people who are always right, where you are always wrong. If you feel a discomfort, seek out help. Seek out an outsider's perspective to help you to know whether you are being manipulated or whether you are supposed to adjust your thoughts. So Paul gives a warning in Romans 16 verse 18. He says, For such persons, speaking about manipulators, do not serve our Lord Christ but their own appetites, and by smooth talk and flattery, they deceive the hearts of the naive. The Bible is saying here, sometimes we are naive because we are, we are in need of relationships. And so we get deceived by people speaking, by their flattery, and by their deceptions. And we need to be careful of this. We need to be on guard. So we need to build up a strong defense against manipulation. We need to make sure that we will not be gaslighted in our lives. And there are a few points that I can give you to help you to, to not be manipulated. Galatians 1 verse 10 says, For I am now seeking the approval of man or of God. Or am I trying to please man? If I were still trying to please man, I would not be a servant of Christ. Galatians 1 verse 10 is basically telling us that we need to be careful of seeking the approval of people. We should rather seek the approval of God. So when you feel that your reality is being challenged, ask yourself, what does God want of me? Not what does this other person want of me? Hebrews 5 verse 14 is the second way that you can make sure that you will not be manipulated. It says, but solid food is for the mature. For those who have their powers of discernment trained by constant practice to distinguish good from evil. In other words, the Bible is telling us here that we need to learn truth from the word of God. Even deep truth. We need to eat out of the word of God and learn what truth really is. So that we can't be tricked or fooled or led astray. So that we have our discernment trained and that we can distinguish between what is right and what is wrong. What is truth and what is not truth. And then Proverbs 12 verse 19 gives us the third tip. It says, truthful words will stand the test of time, but lies are soon exposed. In other words, if you are not sure of your reality, give it time. Don't make any harsh decisions or rash movements in your life. Give it time because soon manipulators and liars will be exposed, just like it was in my situation. Number four, 
Second Corinthians 13 verse 1 says, This is the third time that I'm coming to visit you. This is Paul speaking. And he says, The facts of every case must be established by the testimony of two or three witnesses. To me, the Bible is giving us advice here. It's saying, if you are unsure about the situation that you find yourself in, if you're unsure whether you are right or whether you are wrong, if the truth hasn't been grounded in you yet, then go and seek help from a second or a third person. If there were people around who saw what happened, go and ask them, how did you perceive this situation? Am I right in the way that I'm thinking or am I actually wrong? The truth will be established by two or three witnesses, says the Bible. So call a friend, speak to a counselor, ask your family for advice and find out whether you are truly in the right or whether you are in the wrong. And then the last piece of advice to me is this. Make sure that you yourself are not the manipulator, that you are not unintentionally or intentionally gaslighting other people in your life. Second Corinthians 4 verse 2 says, but we have renounced our disgraceful underhanded ways. We refuse to practice cunning or to tamper with God's word. But by the open statement of truth, we would commend ourselves to everyone's conscience in the sight of God. So my prayer for you today is this. If you have gone through an experience of being manipulated, forgive yourself. Learn from the experience. Fortify yourself with the truth of God's word so that you will not be manipulated again. And if you are that manipulator, repent. Come to the Lord. Say to him, Lord, I didn't realize what I was doing. Help me. Help me so that I need to not use manipulation techniques in order to get what I want, but to come to the Lord and ask him to help me to fulfill the needs of my life. May God bless you. The Pastoral Counseling Department of the NCSA invites you to join our daily mental health devotions. You can subscribe by WhatsApping the word yes to plus 27836584296. Broadcasts will be sent out directly to your phone each morning at 8 a.m. Topics are centered on biblical and psychological guidance to achieve good mental health and a balanced lifestyle despite the trials and crises of life. If you are interested in receiving these daily WhatsApp audio devotions straight to your phone, then WhatsApp the word YES to plus 27836584296. And now, may your darkness turn to light as the Son of Righteousness rises with healing in His wings.